Welcome back to Simply the Best Podiatry, where we want to pass on simple tips to enhance your best practice. This is part three of our orthoses in clinical practice episodes. And moving on, I spoke to Sophie Fitt, who is from Fitzroy Podiatry. Sophie has contributed to this show previously with the hugely successful episode 18 on metatarsal stress fractures. Here, I spoke with Sophie regarding her use of orthoses in clinical practice. Speaking to five or six podiatrists, getting their opinions on just philosophies, the ideology of the use of orthoses in practice. And the second part is, what are you actually using? So it's quite brief, but just getting an overview from lots of different people. Basically, there's no right or wrong. It's really just learning what people are doing. So others can learn from these, um, you know, short discussions but also realize that, you know, there is a big variation in what we do with things. And it is very much practice related. Totally. So, so the first question to you, So, and thanks for coming back on. Um, your episodes have very gone sexy. through the roof, so I really appreciate your con- contribution to Simply the Best oh. Podiatry. No, Metatarsal fractures has gone through the roof, so Yeah, I sorry, I didn't write back to you when you said that <laughs> nice comment. So I, I meant to say that you do make it very easy. So I, I reckon people have gone, hmm, I wonder, or maybe they question how they're diagnosing them and they just thought that that's something they want to learn more about. I don't know. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, or that's the aim of the show. With differentials, I don't know. Yeah, that's- yeah. But, look, it's a common thing and, you know, people just want clarification okay. and really I suppose – if you gain some understanding, that's great. But, but exactly. you know, it's a topical yeah. point, um, like as is this with orthoses and podiatrists. Um, yeah. So just to begin with, the first thing is, so, and obviously this has changed for all of us over time, but what's your sort of, sort of approach to using orthoses clinically? Like when do you mm. decide to use something and, you know, what sort of the criteria you might use um, in using orthoses for solving problems and treating people clinically? Very rarely use an orthotic or prescribe an orthotic without testing. So, for example, I wouldn't prescribe an orthotic without first using tape for, as an example, so altering the posture of the foot, um, using tape to then see how it might respond if an orthotic was included down the track. Yep. What I'm saying is I don't, generally just go straight to orthoses. There's there's usually a few steps before the orthotic okay. prescription occurs. Yeah. Um, and where I've come to, or I guess, um, how do I best say this, is the pathologies or presentations that I find I'm using orthoses more is when temporary um, modalities for forefoot presentations, so felts and foams and and various other things that I may have tried um, with a temporary sort of purpose have been successful, I may move forward with an orthotic to then create a more permanent solution to what that temporary um, strategy has created for the the patient. So I I really like orthoses with forefoot offloading. I really like... um, in the use of, say, any sort of uh, first MTP presentation, be it sesamoids, helix, uh, limitus, rigidus, um, even some HAV stuff, when I can get in there and prescribe something with um, 
some really good foams that are, you know, manufactured in a, in a much uh, cleaner and better way than I can create in the clinic. Yeah. I find that six to 12 months, 12 to 18 months and, and more years that of relief that a patient can get from that strategy um, is really, really helpful, which is probably going to sound a little bit different to what people would naturally think of orthotics. I mean, we always think of, or we often think of midfoot, rear foot stuff. So I thought I'd, I'd come in here straight up and just say that the forefoot stuff is is really um, is how I really like to use orthoses. Um, creating metatarsal domes, you know, through the laboratory that we work with, um, being able to play around with different metatarsal dome thickness, position, density, all that sort of stuff is is just. Um, sorry about the background noise. Um, that's just oh, extra, uh, a, a greater offering for a patient than what we've got in the clinic. And that's where yeah. I think customs can help. Um, but generally speaking, like when I'm working full time, I don't think I prescribe more than one pair of custom made foot orthoses per week. Sure. Like I think it would be, diff- I honestly don't think I, or some weeks I wouldn't even do that. Mm. So, Customs aren't something I'm reaching for very frequently at yeah. all. I don't use the basis, like a patient walks in with, you know, a pair that they've had for 15 years, they're looking very over overworn, disheveled. That is not a reason for me to prescribe a new pair. That person's just another person I'm starting from scratch with. Yeah, sure. Um, but if they've responded well to taping techniques, perhaps felt or foam in their shoes, and I am just looking for a more permanent solution, that is probably the number one reason or um, deciding factor for me to proceed with something, um, be it a generic prefabricated device or something sure. customised. But Yeah, so very much a conservative approach initially, that's what you're saying? Very conservative and 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 using them um, fa- fairly sparingly, if I'm honest. Mm. Yeah. So in our clinic, we use the Formthotics um, as a generic prefabricated device. And I, in my in the presentations of heel pain or any form of plantar fascia discomfort, I would probably prescribe a generic prefabricated orthotic, perhaps one in three or one in four plantar fascia presentations. Yeah, okay. And that is based on um, the research of my colleague, Glenn Whitaker, who compared yeah. the long-term yeah. benefits and outcomes of a steroid, corticosteroid injection with a generic orthotic and did use form orthotics. And that had nothing to do with foot posture but was based purely on um, plantar pressures. And I, having trialled tape, um, and I do use your taping technique in mm-hmm. um, shifting the foot into greater supination to offload that pronation and the plantar pressures, if that has been successful um, and in consideration of, of other factors, especially footwear, lifestyle, activities, um, body composition, yeah. you know, that's where that one in three patients um, with a, a plantar heel pain presentation will will almost always be offered uh, and probably walk away with a, with a prefab from me. And that's always with a discussion that this is a six to 12 month strategy. It's, it's certainly not a long-term, long, long-term kind yes. of thing, uh, but it's absolutely with the next six to 12 months in mind. And mm. I, I find those patients go really, really well. 
Okay, so the the focus is being conservative and using preforms predominantly. That's what you're saying. Can I just pick up on that point you mentioned about the the injection and the use of the foam inserts? The outcome was that a generic prefabricated orthotic, and he used the Formthotic brand, was more successful in providing long term um, asymptomatic an asymptomatic outcome for plantar heel pain than a corticosteroid injection. Right. Just just having mild support was enough. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So as far as um, when you do use orthoses, as far as preforms or you said once a week you might, you know, make a custom or, or what in preforms you said you're using um, the foam-styled EVA yep. devices. Yep, and so then what about if you move on to the customs, what are you actually doing or what are you using there? Are you scanning or still taking plaster or what's the yep. approach? So the material I most frequently would choose is a polycarbon or a carbon composite um, material. And I, in almost all cases, will do like a polycarbon shell with a full-length top cover. Mm. Very, very rare that I prescribe a three-quarter polycarbon, so the sort of shell-only uh, yeah. device. But if, if that is the patient's overwhelming preference, then, of course, we work with that. The reason I like a polycarbon shell with a full-length top cover is it's the top cover more so that I'm utilising to add in the bits and bobs that I'm trying to, uh, that I'm using to offload whatever I'm trying to offload. Yeah, the four-foot padding. So, yeah. All that stuff. And, and hence yeah. the very start of my spiel about utilizing carbon foot orthoses, uh, sorry, custom foot orthoses for four foot pathology. So I like the polycarbon or the carbon composite um, shell. I just think it's a it's a really nice bit of flex in it. It's not heavy like the polypropylenes, but it's very durable. Um, obviously, you know, with the price point of CFOs, we are looking at durability and, and often those four-foot pathologies, for example, are of the chronic long-term nature. So I really am looking at a long-term device. Uh, and I, I really like the I like the lightness. Um, I like the advancement in that polycarbon material. It's it's sort of it's not the only thing I use, but I do do a little bit of the dual density foams. I don't mind them um, in the right in the right setting. But I love a, a polycarbon shell with a full-length top cover. I always do a performance top cover, sort of the Canberra base, the EVAs with some pour on, um, you know, like I'm talking, I'm trying to create comfort, cushioning, support. I want the patient to step on it and really feel ultimately great comfort. Sure. And then, okay. Uh, that's what they need to feel. But then I know what's happening to the foot to offload, alleviate, um, address whatever it is that that requires. Um, sure. Yeah. So can you modify those devices yourself afterwards? Yeah, I very rarely need to, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So any grinding can occur, things can be pulled off, absolutely things can be added, et cetera. But I, I tend to make the prescription very specific and I know exactly what I want the orthotic to look like. And, I, you know, we, we're working with Orthotech at the moment and I think they're great. Um, I often will call them before you know, between sending the scans off and expecting the device back and, and get really specific about I want about what I want. And for those reasons, I tend not to need to adjust them. But, yeah, you can, absolutely. Sure. Okay. 
All right, that's great. So thanks so much for your input. I really appreciate your time once again and uh, a very concise um, discussion once again on uh, expressing your expertise. I really appreciate it. And hopefully uh, once I get all this together, it's going to be, yeah, a good little series. So thanks a million for your time. Thanks for letting me join in, Jason, as always. All right, thanks, Sophie. See you soon. See ya. Thanks for listening, and that's the third of our Orthoses in Clinical Practice series. Please get in touch if you want to chat and come on the show. Genie Orthoses are sponsoring these Orthoses in Clinical Practice episodes. More details of Genie Orthoses can be found at the webpage, thegenie.au, T-H-E-G-E-N-I-E.au, thegenie.au, which will be on the show notes. You can also follow and support this show through the show notes. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more Orthosis episodes. I'm Jason Agosta and thanks for listening.